So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the to First John, First John chapter four, uh, verses one through eleven. Uh, this scripture uh, has to do with uh, talking to little children, not necessarily little in age, but we as as God's children, little children. Um, and false teachers, those who come in unaware and uh, seems to get a group and uh, they head out down the street to uh, start a new outfit. So he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You, you mark it down, the devil sees to it that he has those false prophets strategically located even in churches that'll try to pull a group out of here and out of there. By this you know the, by this know ye the spirits of God, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, of which ye have heard that it should come even now already, it is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you, that is the Holy Spirit that lives in us, than he that lives in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak they, they speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth God. He that is not of God heareth not us. By this know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, and love is of God, and everything, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation, that is the substitute, the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You may be seated. Father, I just want to thank you for your love for us. And Lord, I thank you that these people love me. And Lord, you know that, that Lynn and I love them. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take that love to the lost of this world. Take that love to those that are unlovable and take that love to those who seemingly can't love someone. Uh, that love might be exhibited through us uh, as we continue in this world of hate. Uh, God, I just pray that you'd bless tonight in this message. I thank you for uh, giving me the strength to stand there. Now, Lord, I pray that you just uh, use my lips, my tongue for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Apart from Jesus Christ, the next biggest, best thing is the church. When you look across our land, and, and uh, Lynn and I have traveled and, uh, 
many, many miles together uh, in this country, out of this country. And uh, there are churches, people do, do not have an excuse for not going to church. Uh, it may not be the right church, but hey, these churches uh, scattered across our land. And, uh, you know, every Sunday morning we hear three uh, sermons before we ever even come to church on TV. People have no excuse uh, for not worshiping uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in fact, the church finds its meaning through uh, Jesus Christ because he said, I'm going to build my church on this rock. And he was talking about himself. And uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's going to be stout. It's going to be strong all the way to the end. And I've said this before. I say it again. There are no little churches, okay? If a church uh, calls itself a church, they preach and they teach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are a church in the eyes of God. They are not a little church. They may be small in number, but hey, Bible says we're two or three together. Jesus has promised to be there in the midst to bless that congregation. It's not how many, it's how much we are willing to do and to give uh, for the glory of God. Um, 1 John 1, 3, uh, let me just read, 1 John 1, 3 says, that which we have seen and heard, John says, we declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There are no, not any two other people in the world that we need to be having fellowship with outside of them um, and then knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in us and to teach us and to guide us and to guard us into being the kind of church that God wants us to be. We as individuals, we make up uh, the church and tonight, uh, just in your own heart and mind, if you're, if you're saved, you need to thank God that somebody somewhere led you to Jesus and you became a child of God and a part of the church which Jesus died for. To love one another. I mean, he, he, over and over, I've underlined and made marks all through this uh, chapter 4 uh, about the spirit and, and, and Jesus and, and love and loving one another. Um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, the second part says, For we are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's what makes us strong in the Lord to know that, hey, we're not alone in this. I want to just share with you some functions of the church. What are we supposed to be doing? You know, are we doing our work? Um, are we doing what God's called us to do as a church? So first of all, the first function of the church is we are to worship. Okay, and, and all of us, we worship in different ways, okay? Uh, we come into here on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, uh, even Wednesday evening. We come together uh, to give. We come together to sing. We come together to pray. 
we come together to greet one another, uh, and it's always good when we, when we see one another. And the Bible talks about greeting one another, and uh, I'm thankful for our fellowship time. And so when we think about what is worship, worship is a personal encounter that we have with God every time we come to his house. But I'm also thankful that it, it don't just happen when we come to God's house, but it can happen anywhere. Going down the road, we can have fellowship with God. Going down the road, listening to, to uh, Christian music. Uh, going down the road, just maybe thinking about somebody and just, you know, call them and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I just had you on my heart today. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you're going through, but I just want you to know I done prayed for you. Uh, you know, that's, that's a part of worship and communing uh, with one another, strengthening the service of God. We can't do it all by ourselves, and so we have a band of believers that we uh, commune with, and um, which leads me to, to a second point. We not only come together, first function of a church is to worship, but the second function is to witness. Uh, you know, I, I think we have all, and me included, we might have slacked off on our coin giving because there's still plenty out there. You know, $3 is not too much to pay for somebody getting saved. Uh, you know, I want to see the coins gone. I want to see them given away. And the brochure with it is part of witnessing. It's an, it's an easy witnessing tool just to say, hey, I have something I want to give you and open it up and let them take it, and it, it'll become a conversation if you want it to be. Uh, giving away uh, our uh, brochures about our church, you know, and how to get there. Uh, I, I was inviting this old boy, I, and you know, he had shorts on, tennis shoes, t-shirt, and old ball cap, and I said, I said uh, we'd love to have you at our church. I said, in fact, you can come just like you are. You kidding? I said, no, I'm not kidding. You can come like you are. You know, Jesus invited people, and they came as they were. He didn't say, now, you need to make sure you go get your clothes out of the cleaner because we like to keep people clean. You know, where was I in a physical shape before I was saved, okay? Um, we think, well... Maybe our church wouldn't receive them. Don't worry about the church. Just be a witness for Jesus. That's what he said. Go ye therefore. I mean, it's not a suggestion, by the way. It is a command that we go ye therefore. Simple question. Where are you in church? Most of the people that I do not know that I ask that, nine out of ten of them, I'm not in church anywhere. I'm not in church anywhere. And adults especially, you know, we, we have to go that extra mile to coach them uh, to come and be a part of what we, what we are doing here and what God's doing uh, through us here. You have to go out of your way. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, when we think, when think about witnessing, it's apparent that a church must go to the people and tell them because not likely our lost people are just going to show up out of the blue uh, and come to church. You know, we have some that are coming that are lost. We do have some. But we got more that aren't coming than is coming. 
Um, in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, Ye shall receive uh, power, and ye be witnesses unto me. You know, have we received that power? Have we uh, trusted the Lord with that and say, hey, Lord, I want to be a witness. Put somebody in my path today that I can be a witness to. Just put them in my path, Lord. You mark it down. Get ready. If you ask God, he says, and, and believe in, he will do what he said. Okay? A third thing. If we're going to do what the functions of a church, we need to be we worshiping. We need to be witnessing. <clears throat> but we also need to educate when we bring those in. You know, I was thinking today, uh, I don't know what's happened, uh, but Lynn and I, we go way back to when they had, uh, I forget what he even called it then, <laughs> discipleship training, training union, uh, you know, classes. And what do we do now? We don't have classes now. We have Sunday school. But as far as training, training classes, when do we do that? We don't have it that time. And I'm thinking, well, would people come an hour earlier than what they come now for discipleship training? You know, my first church, Earl's Grove, we always had discipleship training. Always had a great number um, to attend discipleship training. But I think about this, when people say, well, I don't know about education. What is education? Education is a guide for persons who want to progress and develop into what God wants them to be. Unless a church teaches its members, how are they going to learn? I think about little children, okay? Their first school or their first church is at home. Their first teachers, their first authorities are at home. And if they don't teach, if we don't teach our little children at home about worship and about giving, um, as I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but my mama taught me to tithe. What if she hadn't? She not only taught me to tithe, I saw her tithing. Uh, it's, it's education. If we don't start in the home with our little ones, you know, they're just going to float around. Well, I guess I can, or I might, or I'll come if I can. Uh, you know, there's so much activity in the world today, and people are being educated. Our little children are being educated. And we need to know what they're being educated on. That's why we as parents, grandparents, we need to be the first church, the first school uh, that our kids get, and they see us doing it. You see, education is essential for church members. It probably shocked us if... if uh, if we had a, a class on uh, educating this church members, how to become a member of this church, or, or what, what kind of could I get in on in this church? What could I do uh, to become a part of what's going on? You know, we don't have anything like that. And we need to. We need to do something to uh, involve more people, and then it probably wouldn't be a job to get our officers and teachers full, uh, positions filled, uh, deacons uh, positions filled. But if we as a church fail, listen to me, if we as a church fail, uh, our members will not only cause um, non-growth, uh, but people will become disinterested and they'll move on to something else. Um, all of us are different. 
All of us are at different levels in our education as far as uh, the Lord's concerned. So we, if we're going to function, we need to worship, we need to witness, we need to educate, but we also, you know, we get all this, and the next thing, we need to minister, okay? And when I think about ministering, um, it's when a church meets crucial needs in the community, okay, in the community. What are we doing uh, in our community? Are we doing anything? Uh, I think about our elderly who are unable maybe to cut grass any longer or trim their shrubbery any longer or clean their windows or just, hey, once a month or something other, we're going to come to your house and just do some dusting and and vacuuming for you. Uh, What are we doing? I, I remember there was such a person that they couldn't even get their children to take off the trash. Couldn't get the kids. Got one, one of the children said, I ain't putting that filthy stuff in my car. Well, you know, we go by and pick up the trash. Getting out of your comfort zone. You know, be a, be a minister. Be, the ministry, hey, is wide open. I don't care how many churches, and I don't, I don't like comparing our church with anybody, okay? Uh, we're going to be held responsible for our own what we do with what God's blessed us with. And Nobody in their right mind would, wouldn't say that God hadn't blessed First Baptist Church, that's for sure. But, you know, wh- who's first here? Uh, the Lord wants to be first. And when we, when we reach out and we minister, um, I don't know how many of you went to the uh, Apple Festival parade, but uh, Heather and all her crowd, uh, they did a fantastic job. I mean, that trailer was just about overloaded with youngins and chaperones. And right at the last moment, and I, I should have been thinking a little further ahead, I called Heather and I said, Heather, I'd love to drive my old car in the, uh, in the parade if it's okay, and I'd love to have a sign put on that car that everyone is welcome at First Baptist of Westminster, even this old car. And uh, so she got her little group together, and they made a beautiful sign. We taped it on each side of the car, and somebody was so worried about my paint. I said, look, don't worry about the paint. Put the tape on there and tape the sign to the car. And as we drove down the street, I had Brantley with me, grandson, and had a big old bowl of canyon, and he was having himself a ball. He was slinging candy, but I, I watched a lot of people as I was waving. I'd look at them, and they'd be looking at the door, reading the sign. You know, ministering. Let, the only way you're going to grow a church is advertise, y'all. I mean, advertise. Advertise about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and what he's doing. It's a part of ministry. You see, the tone of Jesus' life was set in the words of Matthew in chapter 20, verse 28. And this is what he says. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And what we can do, what we can do for him. I made a visit in the hospital and the curtain was pulled. This was a bed here and a bed there. I had no idea who was in the other bed. But I visited with a member. I got ready to go. I said, can I pray with you? 
So I did, and in my prayer, I asked, I said, Lord, whoever's in the next bed here, just be with that person. And when I said amen, a voice said, Preacher, would you come over here? And so I walked around the curtain, didn't know the man, talked to him a little bit. He said, I appreciate the prayer. He said, I wish you'd just uh, pray with me too. So I did, you know, just taking time, spend time with somebody uh, means a lot. Uh, you know, for the word to get out, we well, don't call him because he don't have time. Don't call that church. They don't have anything to give. You know, we're here to minister. And to minister in whatever way that God has called us to do it. You see, Jesus was my substitute. I couldn't go and do what he did for me. So he paid a debt that he didn't owe. He paid my debt. And I'm thankful. You see, the church exists for people, those who are members of the body, as well as those who live without a savior. What if you were sick and you went to the hospital tonight? And they said, do you have insurance? No, I don't. Well, I'm sorry. Get out of the way. We're looking for people with insurance. You know, our church is not a social club. Our church is a hospital for the sick. Jesus said, I, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. That which is sick in sin. That's who I came for. All right. Uh, we think about what God wants us to do, how we want to function, uh, to worship him, to witness, to educate, to minister. But last of all, we need to, uh, a function that we need to be about is to apply uh, what we have learned. To apply simply uh, means to uh, a practical application of Christian principles in all the issues of everyday life. And you mark it down. There's somebody who's out there, will be out there tomorrow, who is hungry, who are uh, needing, a, needing this and needing that. Uh, and you and I can meet that need. Um, freely it's been given to us and freely we need to give it away. We need to share with people um, you know, one of the joys that Lynn and I get, and, and she does it more than I do, is just pay for somebody's food, gas, groceries, whatever. I always enjoy, it. if I'm in the line of McDonald's and I go to pay for my food, I said, look, I don't know who they are behind me, but whatever they order, I want to pay for that too. It's okay, and then just drive on off. Uh, and they'll wonder, wonder who in the world that was. Pass it on, pass it on. Give it away, give it away. The more, I believe this, if, we're, if our heart is right toward giving, God will reward us more than we've ever given away. He'll, he'll give back more than what we give away. Now, turn that around. Don't give it away hoping he's going to give you more than he gave away. That's the wrong attitude. You give not expecting anything in return. Christianity is both word. Listen to these things. Christianity is both word and work. You agree? You, you talk about it and then you do something about it. It's more than belief and behavior. Okay? It's more than faith and faithfulness. It's going out of our way. You see, uh, 
It is possible to know the Bible and not to apply it. You say, oh, well, that don't pertain to me. That, that was in the Old Testament. Let me tell you something. The whole Bible, okay, I believe you, you believe it all or believe none of it. You live it all or live none of it. All that God reveals to us through his word is for application for us to put into practice and see what God will do. Just simply apply it. Every conflict between right and wrong depends on the application of Christian principles and they're all in the word of God. How to live, how to be saved, how to live, how to die, how to minister, how to worship, how to witness, how to educate, and how to apply all that he had. James chapter one, verse 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. What will we do? Are we a part of the function of a church or are we sitting on the sideline hoping the coach don't put us in because we're scared to death? Be open, be ready. Be like Isaiah, here am I, Lord, just send me. Nobody wants to go, send me, Lord, I'll go. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for these, my people, Lord. God, thank you for their prayers. Thank you for feeling better. And as I thought about this morning, Lord, I wouldn't have been able to stand if my life depended on it, I don't believe. But Lord, you knew, you knew way back yonder when uh, Lynn contacted Randy that I'd be sick today. And Lord, I thank you for him. I pray that you bless him on his journey of, of uh, being involved in disaster. Lord, I pray that you would just be with our people tonight. Thank you so much for them. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their commitment to be in your house on Sunday evening. In Jesus' name, amen.